Good evening, my friends. You've found me in the dark hallways of the castle, standing outside the door to my bedroom. I've just woken up, you see. Strange. I don't think I remember waking up before. Not here, anyway. I feel... I think it's time for... Well... Come for a walk with me. Through the castle, down the hall, towards where you can see the growing moon through the fogged windows, and only that, among the pitch black of this liminal journey space, far, far away. We're going outside again. I just can't seem to stay inside in the autumn. So down the hall towards the south side of the castle. Off we go. It feels strange. I feel as though I've been doing this for some time. Have I? Have I been speaking with you for a while now? Yes, I think so. Though time has never behaved for me, why should it? I don't believe in it. We are coming up on our sixth All-Hallowtide together. Isn't that something? Next week. It will be next week, and... I'm sure it will be dazzling. I don't have a plan for it yet, but I know it will be dazzling. We can see the stars glittering all the more brightly when the veil is thinner between us and them. Can't we? And so it will be again. Sometimes I get caught on these stories. They catch me up and scramble me around, and I don't know which way is up, and I try to explain it to you, but whatever happens, happens. That's one thing I know for sure. And right now it is happening just the same as always. That is, the happening part. So it's really all fine. But on reflecting over the last six years, mind your step there, I never asked myself this question before. Now I can't get it out of my head. If I could say one thing to everyone, what would it be? We take our voices for granted. We take our words for granted. But if I only had a few, and I knew as many people as possible were listening in one story, just one story. What would I say? What would the story be? I wonder. Surely it would be a story 
about. Love. But not a love that is quaint and sweet and what the storybooks said. It would be about the kind of love that is so desperate and necessary that it hurts in a big, deep, and dark way. It would be about love that cannot bear illusion or disguise. It would be about love that cannot be contained in names, roles, or words. Beyond words like romantic, platonic, or even dare I utter it, unconditional. It's somehow greater than unconditional. Out the door and to the right, down these winding stone stairs where the growth of the forest begins to bleed into the castle grounds. That's where we are going now. Watch your step. It's a lovely night. Cold, with a clear, more than quarter moon up above. Stars bright, no clouds. The trees are still green, but they will turn red very soon. There is a place within the castle I come to more and more these days, but I do not tell you about it. An ancient place made of stone. I can't call it ruins, because there is nothing ruined about it. Just because it is old does not mean it is in shambles, for we can take care of these places and visit them often. White stones with moss and dirt but still they shine in these surrounding pillars, stairs, walls, and ledges. Down we go, and the moon shines straight down here, so it's not so dark. What was I saying? Oh, yes. A love story. It would need to be a love story. If I had my way, they would all be. Maybe they all are. Countless love stories within me sing the same tune over and over and over. They sing a song of longing for nothing in particular but a feeling. A place for the heart to sit in. It is a song of love for who knows what. I'm not sure anyone understands it. Has anyone ever truly felt that longing go away? Or is that what the singing really is for? Is it a wailing? They sing a melody. A melody, a story, 
of souls. Souls who come together, not in desire or infatuation, or anything as flimsy as that. Souls who are forced together by an ancient and burning god of love, who demands offering and who, if not appeased, will tear his devotees' hearts out of their chest. We cannot call this love lover or friend or family. This is bigger. This is deeper. This is darker than all that. See? See? Look down there. There is a great, enormous well. It's almost as wide as the little stone room carved into this earthen pit is. You cannot see what is within it, for how empty and dark it is. But there sing the souls in their melody. There beat the hearts in their rhythm. The god of love demands a sacrifice. For such a huge and frightening well, there are a good many hanging plants growing along the walls. Still green, birds nest in them, squirrels scurry, owls hide in little holes in the walls, tree roots cling and sprout saplings along the walls too. For such a huge and frightening well, life seems to love it very much. Ah, right. I was talking about sacrifice. I think this will have to do. A love story. I promised you one, didn't I, my friend? Don't rip my heart out. I have it here. Don't worry. Once upon a time, there was an enormous earthen pit in the part of a castle's grounds that began to bleed into the wild forest beyond, down ancient stone stairs, surrounded by plants and animals, and a crisp white growing moon, lay an unfathomably deep well. Nothing could be seen within it. So dark and endless it was. Impossible to even know if it contained water. Just a floor of endless darkness. Always open and always beckoning. For you see, there was a princess living alone in the castle, and she could not wake up. I don't mean that she was cursed with a death-like sleep, like Sleeping Beauty or Snow White or any other story princess like that. She was lost in a different kind of sleep. 
She was in a world that was contained to her little room, that had everything that made her comfortable and relaxed. There was a soft couch with warm blankets, lots of tea and candles, a television set with all her favorite friends playing funny little dramas out for her, a lovely little cat to cuddle with, and little games to help her mind stay asleep. And so she was blissfully unawake in here with all that. I use the word blissfully perhaps incorrectly, for sometimes she felt a little dark, a little sad, even with all these comforts. But I suppose ennui is the price we pay for comfort. Sometimes she heard a sound outside. It was so sad and so frightened, so lost and so pained. It made her feel pain, and she didn't like that. So she'd turn the volume up on her TV and try to ignore it. But the sound grew louder and louder every passing day. And the television volume wouldn't go any higher. She tried to sleep through it. But there was no such possibility. And she heard another something. A rhythm like a beating heart, only bigger, deeper, darker. It felt as though it was coming closer and closer. She went to her window finally and pulled away the curtain to see a figure walking towards her castle. Had her castle grown smaller, since she last looked out the window, or was the figure impossibly large? In the misty autumn evening, she couldn't make out many details about it, except that it was so tall it couldn't enter through the front door. It knocked anyway. and moaned balefully when no one answered. It wore a black cloak, but the black cloak did not hide its enormous wings that were tattered and torn, and had bones poking through the thin flesh there. It hid its face, but when it turned its head to look up right at her, she could see two golden lights set deep in the shadows of the hood and it looked into her eyes and when it moaned again her heart pounded so painfully she had to close the curtain and retreat to the couch again she shook in fear she felt remarkably the pain the thing had expressed in that moan. And she tried to laugh at her funny friends on the TV, 
She tried to play a little game and distract herself. She tried to enjoy the feeling of the soft, warm cat on her lap. But it was getting harder and harder to ignore the looming creature made of pain outside her window. She gave it an hour or so, and then checked again, peeking out carefully from behind the curtains, and it was gone. She was a little relieved at first, but then she couldn't help but feel a little guilt, a little concern for how callously she had ignored the giant thing's pain. She was, after all, a princess in a castle. There must have been something she could do. But she would never be able to survive something so large and so powerful in her world. She was just her. Just one princess in one castle. What could she do? Now you see, here is the problem. No matter how many different channels with different friends she tried, no matter how soft the cat was, no matter how addictive the games were, no matter how warm the blankets, she was awake now. She could pretend that she wasn't. She could try to ignore the ongoing song, the melody of a soul reaching, the rhythm of a heart aching, the footsteps of the giant cloaked thing with wounded wings walking around her castle. But it would all be pretend. And the feeling that woke within her was the big, deep, dark love that demanded all pretending be done with. The thing was knocking at all the different doors of the castle, and she was afraid to go meet it. But she could no longer pretend it had gone away. Its song reverberated through the stone floors, and the television tried to sing back, I'll be there for you. I'll be there for you, over and over and over, hoping to drown it out. But it was a terrible, terrible lie. And so she finally turned it off. The creature's song was growing louder, that melody, that pain, and it was echoing now. She had to follow it. Perhaps it might end her. Perhaps her little body couldn't contain the sorrow of that enormous thing with bones coming out of its wings and firelight in its eyes. But there was no pretending she couldn't hear it. And so she followed it. She stood outside the door to her bedroom and took a deep breath and began to walk through the castle down the hall 
towards where she could see the growing moon through the fogged windows, and only that, among the pitch black of that liminal journey space, far, far away, she went outside. It was good to be outside in autumn. Towards the south side of the castle, she went. Out the door and to the right, down winding stone stairs where the growth of the forest began to bleed into the castle grounds. The trees were still green, but they would turn red very soon. An ancient place, made of stone. White stones with moss and dirt, but still they managed to shine in these surrounding pillars, stairs, walls, and ledges. Down she went, to that earthen pit, that unfathomably deep well where nothing could be seen within it, so dark and endless it was, impossible to know if it contained water, just a floor of endless darkness, always open and always beckoning. You heard me. Yes, I heard you. I thought you were ignoring me. I tried. But you came anyway. I had to. Her heart felt as though it was being pulled down into that pit with that giant creature. Why? She had been alone with illusions, numbing herself to pain and pretending there was no such thing in the whole wide world. In fact, her whole wide world had been the size of a room. Poor little princess. And she saw something bigger than even her whole wide world. And it was in pain. And it made her heart beat. And as terrible as the pain was, her beating heart felt good. It felt good to be awake. And there was no going back now. A hand extended from the pit. It was almost as big as her. Almost all bone, just like those wings. Leathery skin and black fingernails. And bone poking through here and there. This was a creature all blood and tissue and bone. The hand extended itself to her as though in offering. She grabbed its rotting pinky to steady herself so that she could look down into the pit. 
where she saw those two fiery eyes looking up at her. And she could swear she saw a wide grin, skeletal and earnest, just barely under the light of that burning gaze. What can I do to ease your pain? She asked the wounded and undead giant thing. Are you sure you want to? It asked her kindly. And I'll tell you something that a horror narrator shouldn't. It felt its heart being pulled out of its chest towards her. For how dear the little princess's little offer was and the kindness in its voice made her heart reach towards it right back. That's how it starts. That desperate love that cannot bear illusion or pain, despite the fact that the world is full of both. What can I do to ease your pain? She asked again. The creature in the well gently pulled its hand away and back down into the shadowy depths where its eyes slowly faded back and away into the darkness. I don't know what happened next. My memory stops right there with this story. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I don't always know what they mean, I just tell them. It's quite a well, isn't it? It's remarkable that we have one in this castle here, too, isn't it? I'm so glad I left my bedroom to come see it with you tonight. It's so big and deep and dark in there. I can get lost looking into those shadows. Look, you can lean in if you want, just as I'm doing now. It's all right, there's no danger here. I'm not afraid anymore. I can even stand on the ledge, walk around it on tiptoe. I have no form after all. And so I have no fear of falling. <laughs> Do not worry, my friends. She will be fine. She has no form here, after all. I will float with her in the darkness and make sure she doesn't float away, away, away. Uh, she will be back for All Hallowtide. Perhaps changed. We will have to wait and see. But she will be back. I promise. We would never miss it.
Until then, prepare. <laughs>